Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. It's a great way for me to expand my own horizons and meet new people that I normally wouldn't get to meet before or without the podcast. Today on episode 577 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with learning design manager and host of the Beyond Six Seconds podcast, Carolyn Keel. I'm going to ask Carolyn about her career pivots and how hosting a podcast creates impact for her as an employee. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Carolyn along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Carolyn Keel. Carolyn is a learning design manager at a Fortune 500 company. Prior to working in learning and development, she held roles in change management, risk management, and data governance in the financial services industry. Carolyn also hosts the Beyond Six Seconds podcast, where she has interviewed more than 120 entrepreneurs, CEOs, and media personalities about how they've overcome obstacles to build their careers and achieve their goals. Carolyn has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Vassar College and a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology from Fairleigh Dickinson University. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on. So you've had some interesting career pivots. What have you learned from them? From them, I've really learned to really be very mindful about my career and be as proactive as I can about where I want to understand where I'm going. So, you know, a lot of times you you get into a position and you get you get comfortable and you kind of, you know, maybe stop thinking about where you want to go and how you want to continue learning and evolving, but through my career pivots, it really helped me to be in situations where I had already done a lot of the quote unquote work, I guess, around uh, that helps for career pivots. So things like building up my network and doing a lot of deep introspective work on what kind of things interested me and looking through all of the you know, accomplishments and skills that I had built and understanding more about what I needed to learn. So for me, that really helped me for my career pivots throughout my career. That's really fascinating. So as someone who has made career pivots himself and done lots of of self-reflection along the way, I have still succumbed to becoming way too comfortable when I've been in a situation that is uh, challenging enough so it's interesting and also comforting in having a consistent paycheck. Mm-hmm. And yep. <laughs> probably not pushing myself to make pivots as much as maybe I could have. I'm curious to know how you've overcome the tendency to, um, I guess, be a little too comfortable in the status quo. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have worked my whole career in um, you know in company settings and most of my career in large companies. So I haven't quite ventured out into, you know, my own business or startups or such, but I've kind of identified my niche, at least for the time being, as you know, I am very happy in corporate environments. And for me, just trying to avoid getting too stagnant, I guess I'm always thinking about what else I can learn and 
you know, what other trends are out there. So one of the biggest career pivots that I made several years ago was moving into the learning and development field from sort of like general project management, change management, which you um, kind of referred to in uh, my bio. And that took a lot of work and reflection about, well, you know, I, I had done some work that was around training and employee communications. And I knew that I liked that as part of my past roles and as part of a, being a project manager. And I said, well, you know, I like this. I'd like to do more of this, but what does that mean for my career? So does that mean I need to move into the learning and development department at my company where I am now? Does that mean that I sort of try to change the current role that I'm in so that I can do more of what I feel like is aligned with my skills and my interests? Or do I need to leave completely and just try a completely different role, start over at a, a new company and continue to grow that way? So, you know, I guess, and maybe it comes from working in the learning field is that I'm always thinking about, well, what else can I learn and how can I develop myself? And, and I've, I've just always had an interest in that. Like even going all the way back to high school, as soon as I found out like what our, our guidance counselors did, I'm like, oh, I really like this role. I I was like one of those weird kids who loved like reading through all the thick like printed catalogs and looking at the forms. It's like, where could I, you know, where can people go to college and which ones would be the best, you know, post-secondary or, or educations for people based on where they want to live and what they're interested in studying. And that just sort of evolved into an interest in career development as I moved through college and settled into the working world. And, I, it, you know, that the specifics of my interest have evolved around that, but it's always been an interest in talent development and career development. And right now I'm kind of helping with that through my role in learning. Right. And I, and I assume that you help others with that as part of your role. Absolutely. I've had a whole bunch of different focused roles within learning and development. So currently I work on new product and service launches or new promotions that come out for our company. So it's very specific in terms of here's what you need to know for this product that's coming out in a couple of days so that you can help sell it or provide customer service on it. So it's it's a very focused role, kind of a very unique role that I'm in right now. But it's critical to the business because it's it ties directly to what we can sell and how we can grow the business, you know. But in the past, I've worked on kind of leadership types of development. I've helped facilitate and put together new hire onboardings and other types of professional skills and culture training. So I've done like a little bit of everything in my time so far from from learning and development. Mm. Carolyn, how receptive do you find corporate culture is to enabling employees to make changes and pivots in their career because you know as i reflect back on my own career having spent almost three decades as an employee before i became an entrepreneur i knew where i was self-reflective and where i wasn't yet especially with the the larger larger companies i don't know i always felt that it was um that they were relatively slow to accept changes. And if I wanted to make a major pivot that I was judged to have certain qualities and, um, and to a certain extent, maybe there was, I felt like there was some pigeonholing and it would be hard to make major changes within the same organization. What have you found? Cause you've definitely made some, some big changes and you've done it all within the, the corporate environment. Yeah. And I've made changes within the same organization or the same company. And I've made changes that I, I had to leave and go to another organization or another company and make. So that's a really interesting question. I think 
you know, I really think it depends on the company. So some companies are a lot better at providing more career guidance and resources and talking about it in a very proactive way than others are. So, and I think it might, maybe it depends on industry or, you know, just the the culture of the company itself. And also the culture, not just of the company, which is interesting, I found also the culture of your particular, say you're in a department or sort of a large you know, business unit function, like those sort of larger sub functions underneath the company. Because just because you work at a company that has one sort of overall culture, you may be in a group that just approaches things differently or just uh, where people tend to work in the same exact roles for decades or like that still exists, believe it or not, in a lot of companies. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. And, and and also the, you know, the the head of a particular unit or department really sets the tone. Mm-hmm. And if that head is is not somebody who's really flexible or who's open to to any of these kinds of changes or transformations, it it could be challenging. Yeah. It it is tough. And I think that if for me it was really important to, you know, when you're going through career development, yes, you have to do the introspection. You have to you know, as they say, be sort of the the leader of your own career. But you you can't, most of us can't do it alone. So we do need support, whether it's having mentors and especially in the corporate environment, having sponsors who are people who have the actual power to open up those roles for you or recommend you for a high profile project or recommend you for a job you might be bidding on internally. So I found I had to go outside of my immediate department, let's say, in order to build that those relationships and kind of get my name out there basically so that I could move within an organization. So that's how I started growing the beginning of my career when I first started out. I started at a a large financial services company many years ago as an administrative assistant, like literally pretty new out of college, just one of my first like, you know, big corporate jobs. And I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, but I thought I'd maybe figure it out. I was still pretty young. And then because I did good work and I built good relationships, people saw the quality of my work and enjoyed working with me. I got other uh, opportunities. Some of them I applied for. Others were, you know, you know, there's always like reorganizations at companies. So sometimes a new group will come up and I'll get recommended for that group and I'll, I'll move and make that shift and learn new things. So yeah, I think it's important to not just rely on your direct manager for career development. Uh, Definitely reach outside and and try to get, you know, not just one mentor, although that's great if you have one, just try to find several. And and they don't have to be formal relationships. It could literally be people that you talk to a couple of times just to learn more about what they do or someone you have coffee with. It doesn't have to be a formalized thing. And then of course, make sure you get those sponsors because that's critical too. Mm-hmm. And and actually, a lot of these principles apply just as well, if not more so, for anybody who is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Those relationships are really key. The the mentors, the and an analogy to a corporate sponsor is someone who's in a position to refer business to you. So um, yeah, all the all of those principles are equally important. Absolutely. Which you know, leads me to another subject I wanted to talk to you about today, which is as someone who has spent her career as a corporate employee, what prompted you to launch a podcast where you interview entrepreneurs? Hmm. So I launched that podcast while, you know, I I was working at my my corporate job and I wanted, I kind of wanted a project where I could 
have like sort of open and, and free creativity with it and something that was very different from the type of work that I was doing at the time. So I came up with podcasting. I actually kind of discovered podcasting just, I think in like 2016, I started listening to podcasts. It was recommended to me by a friend, sent me an episode. I kind of got into the whole podcasting world. And then I thought, you know, I could do this. You know, I, I used to be, well, and still am sometimes. I, I was a singer, so I kind of know a little bit about like audio setups. I'm like, okay, I can figure that out. And then I can teach myself the rest and let's see how it goes. And I wanted to do an interview podcast because as part of my extensive networking for the career pivot I had made, I guess it had been like a couple of years, but I kept I kept active on platforms like LinkedIn and and other areas of my networking life. And I met all these people with like really interesting stories that you wouldn't normally hear about just from looking at their social media posts or just kind of connecting with them on a social media platform and and you know unless you actually had those one-to-one conversations. And I said, you know, I'd really love to get some more you know, visibility for people about their cool projects if they, you know, and give them a platform to to share these. So that's how Beyond Six Seconds started, going kind of beyond those six-second first impressions, whether it's, you know, a recruiter looking at your resume for six seconds, or it's like those six seconds ads on YouTube before you can skip the ad, like that kind of quick, you know, get me, get me into it quickly type of culture. And just give people a little more time to talk about what is important to them and whether they've started their own business. And, you know, I also sometimes talk to people who, you know, volunteer on big initiatives or they work with interesting technology or they're creatives and and performers and other kind of media personalities. So, but a lot, there's a lot of entrepreneurship. I think that was just who I was socializing with at the time as, as part of my networking. And then it kind of grew from there. And I started meeting all these people who were starting their own businesses or had like side businesses that they were they were beginning and learning about their stories and all the challenges they've overcome and and telling it in an honest way because I think a lot of times if you just read people's social media posts they're a little bit glossy and marketed and and I'm like I don't think this is like the real story or it's not the complete story so I want to be like just be candid if it's you know it doesn't have to be like the the perfect ending and you've achieved all of your goals at the end of the story it's it's real so I, I feel like it's just more relatable for people to listen to so that's how I got started yeah absolutely Carolyn what are some of the commonalities of what you've heard from your podcast guests what are some of the things you've learned well I found that a lot of people enter into entrepreneurship, for example, because they want to either create something and, and have that initiative where they can build a business and, and something that they kind of can own and direct. And a lot of times, more many of the recent guests that I've been interviewing have either started building businesses or starting special projects because they, they have a passion for it and they want to make an impact on society. So I recently, for example, interviewed a woman who, you know, she has a, a full-time job at a company and she started her own startup in the beauty business that allows her to earn money that she can then donate back to nonprofits and community organizations that are impacting and and helping the causes that she cares about and that her customers care about. So, and and that business, it's a, so I interviewed her a couple months ago when she first launched and I'm, I'm excited to see like on social media that it's starting to, to grow and, uh, and get more popularity. So it's a, uh, it's always exciting to, 
to get in early and see how people grow. But that's just one example is, you know, just starting a business. It was a completely different industry for her. And, um, you know, just having that one way to make a measurable impact on something. And that's the interesting part for me is how people think about how they want to make their impact on society, whether it's building a new business or, you know, just creating a project that raises awareness on a topic or raises money for a particular cause or or something like that. So um, that's kind of what I've learned. That's uh, I see a lot in common with the people I interview. Yeah. What, one question that strikes me about your situation in particular, and maybe you've come across like this example you just mentioned, but maybe you've come across others in the people you've interviewed on your show is something that um, to me seems like it would have been really frowned upon earlier in my career when I was an employee, which is someone doing something significant on the side in addition to a full-time job as, you know, a significant position as a high-achieving professional. Mm-hmm. And on this show, Smashing the Plateau, and on, on my other show, Going Solo, we talk a lot about what it takes to be successful as a, a solopreneur expert, somebody who's a most commonly a, a consultant or coach, or could be could be another kind of business, but where very commonly an individual has developed deep expertise in a discipline in the corporate environment and then gone off on her or his own to be self-employed. And that transition has a lot of challenges. And one of the things they do usually want to do is make some kind of impact in in the world using their skills and sometimes they feel like they've they've kind of reached their plateau in the corporate environment and they think they can have greater impact by being a consultant or a coach so i'm wondering and i haven't had too many people who are doing it concurrently where they're working full-time in the corporate world and doing something that it has some significant impact in addition to what they're doing, particularly if it seems like there might be some commonality between the two roles. What's your experience been with some of the people you've interviewed and what you've seen in your own work? Yeah, I mean, just thinking about the people that I've interviewed, yeah, I think most of them have been similar to the types of guests that you've had on your show where they've maybe they've they've either worked in corporate or had, you know, a couple of years where they worked at a company, decided that it wasn't for them or there were other circumstances that led to them leaving and they said, "You know what? I think I want to start using my expertise for either building a consulting business or building some other type of business." I think that's probably the most that I've had. I also, of course, have young people on the show who start out and they, they've always known that they wanted to be entrepreneurs and, and they've just had that mindset from the very beginning. So sometimes they're, they're, you know, I'm talking to people who are still in their early twenties to mid twenties who already have businesses that they're growing and building. So I also have those types of entrepreneurs as well, who um, didn't really spend much time, if any time in corporate. Yeah, but I think you're right. There aren't too many people who are well, I mean, there's a ton of people who are working full-time and doing side hustles, but in terms of interviews that I've done, not a whole lot. Like the, mm-hmm. the example I was sharing earlier was one example, but yeah, a lot of times there are other circumstances that lead people to finally start their businesses or take their side hustle and make that a business and and make that um that movement. And for me personally, 
I have worked, it depends on the company. I, I have worked at places that would kind of either maybe not frown upon, but kind of look at with an astance eye about like, what do you, what is that? Like, what? What are you putting? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's my point. But I'm very fortunate that the company where I am now, um, you know, and, and I didn't know this at first. I was kind of, you know, I didn't share op- very openly at work about the fact that I have this podcast. But, you know, the more people I met throughout the company, I kind of started to realize that there were a lot of people who had some sort of hobby or nonprofit or small business venture that they were kind of working on on the side. And actually really surprised me to see how many people had something else. And, you know, and I, I even like, you know, I looked through our corporate policies. There wasn't anything in there that said, you know, you know, obviously you can't start a competing business. So, you know, that's an obvious one. But if it's, you know, a hobby or something that is completely separate from the work you're doing at your your day-to-day job, it's, uh, you know, it, it's not an issue, which I'm very fortunate to have because not not every company is like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's true. And I, I just wondered whether particularly, I think for, for younger folks in the workplace and in their career, it's becoming more common for people to stay at jobs and to stay in um, actually in careers for a shorter amount of time before they pivot. So I was wondering whether you had a sense that that um, corporate culture was becoming more accustomed to people doing multiple things for their not you know not just as hobbies but as uh, as income generating activities in addition to employment which might en- encroach on the the ideal that may have been more prevalent at one point where your focus as an employee should be 100% on on the benefit of your employer mhm yeah i mean it's it's hard for me to say because i've kind of only i've only been at the the one employer while i've had the podcast but yeah it, it's true it again it really depends on the company Looking back, I don't know. I didn't really test the system in the past, but yeah, but it's true. Just sort of thinking back about what was the culture like at previous organizations. And of course, I'm going back many years, so these organizations may very well have changed in the meantime. Yeah, I think there was sort of this unspoken expectation that you should be focusing more of your efforts at work and uh, maybe not as much focus on you know, kind of the the whole work-life balance thing and having other separate interests. And people kind of view you as, you know, this is who this person is when she's at work or he's at work. It's like, and, and they always kind of view you as what you are in your recent position. So even if you were like five years ago, if you did a d- totally different role at the same company, people kind of forget that. Right. It's a very compartmentalized v- view of individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Carolyn, where do you hope that your podcast and your career take you? Yeah, so I mean, with the the career, I still feel like I'm just getting started with learning and development. I've I've tried a lot of different things, and I feel like there's just so much more for me to learn and for me to do. So I'm excited to just I don't know continue learning new tools and trying out designing different types of training and and just getting you know more and more different opportunities and working with more people at the organization where I am for the you know for the foreseeable future and for the podcast I just feel like it's a great way you know for me to expand my own horizons and meet new people that I normally wouldn't get to meet before or without the podcast so I'm really hoping that you know I don't necessarily have the passion that the podcast is going to turn into a business, but I do want it to be something that has impact. 
And it has impact on a, a relatively small scale where, you know, people reaching out and saying that this was, you know, you know, I either made a connection with this person that you had on the show or this, you know, story really inspired me to keep going, like on that level, which is great. I'd love to have it make a wider impact. So whether I can use it to raise money or funds for nonprofits or or causes that I am passionate about, or even that I can, you know, use it to kind of build up expertise and do more speaking engagements and, uh, you know, just kind of expand my world and my network. So it's pretty open right now, but, um, you know, it, it's amazing. Just every interview I do kind of brings me new uh, new things to learn and new opportunities and choices to, to look at. So it's kind of what I'm considering. Carolyn, if someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, check out any information you have, access your podcast, where would they go? Sure. So they can go to beyond6seconds.net. And that's the number six, all one word, beyond6seconds.net. I am also on any and almost any kind of podcast player that you might have installed on your phone. So like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, I think even has me up there now. So um, I'm pretty easy to search. Even if you put me in the, the search engine at Google and search beyond six seconds, you'll definitely find the show. Yeah. And from my website, you can get to all my social media profiles like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook group, and I think even LinkedIn is up there. So that's probably the best way to find me. Carolyn, thank you for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest today has been the host of the Beyond Six Seconds podcast, Carolyn Keel. Thank you again, Carolyn, for joining us. Hey, thank you, David. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how to be proactive with your career pivots and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.